I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hi, this is Jason Hardy. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Come follow us at Music Connect or musicconnect.com. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I'm sitting with Jason Hardy. Jason is a music and technology entrepreneur. He's the founder of Music Headphones. That's M-U-Z-I-K. He was previously a partner with 50 Cent in the SAS headphone brand and has since launched his own company where he's uh, not only the CEO and founder, but he designed and built at least the prototypes of these headphones uh, with his own hands, pretty much. He's also raised close to, I think, $80 million from some pretty big investors, including Drake, Kevin Hart, Cardi B, uh, Francois Pinot from The Caring Group. And so he's the perfect guy to talk to about selling a vision, um, how he's doing that at the highest level with uh, all these world famous celebrities and getting them uh, interested in what he's doing. He's also uh, a hands-on CEO. As I said, he's designed a lot of the products himself he holds over 130 patents and so he's we have, we have a, i think a great discussion he's got some good insights into being really hands-on and learning to maybe be less hands-on and lead a team and uh, bring the right people around you and trust them and all that stuff so it's a fun conversation i hope you enjoy it uh, let's get into it with jason hardy Okay. Everything's good on this end. How yeah, about right you? Good, man. Your uh, headphones are looking good. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a, a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, well, let's dig into it, man. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to, to dig into your story. Um, 
so I, you know, I'm going to start at the very beginning. Um, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? Run DMC. Nice. How's, how'd that, how'd that happen? How'd you, uh, how'd you come across that one? It was funny. I was, uh, I was a little boy and we bumped into them at the airport and my no dad was a big fan of them. Yeah. So we bumped into them and, uh, they were waiting at baggage claim. It was crazy. <clears throat> and you know, I didn't know who they were. Sure. And then I met them and then that was the first record that I went out and bought. That's incredible. So, you know, the old big gold chains and all, it was crazy. You know, I remember looking up at them like this is at the very beginning. Yeah. You know, so it was a long time ago. Sure. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, we talk about run DMC a lot on the show, right? Like they, you know, they had such a massive impact on culture, uh, you know, not just, you know, bringing rap to the, to the mainstream in a lot of ways. Um, but also, in, you know, a big, they played a the big culture. role in sneaker culture in, you know, right. in, in a lot of this. All, all of it. I mean, sure. it was, I mean, I was, I, I was so young. I mean, like I'm, I'm talking like early, you know, I was a little boy when, yeah. you know, then obviously they had a long career and then obviously everything happened, but yeah. You know, it was, it was, I think they, they're probably one of, one of the tastemakers for sure. No question. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. At least they were for me. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme. So I said this rhyme, I'm about to So how, did you always know growing up that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Mm, you know, yeah, I, 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 I I, I didn't know that word, sure, of course. but yeah. when I was, when I was, you know, I think 10, 12, I was putting numbers on the curbs in front of people's houses, yeah. you know, cause you could get 10 bucks a piece and right, you could do right, 20 right. of them a day, totally. you know, and, and literally stenciling that, you know, I've, I've always kind of, you know, thought about how to streamline things. And so, you know, I was diagnosed with Oscar, uh, Glotter's disease, right? I say that right? I don't know. But anyways, it's a, a knee problem. You okay. know, I grew too much too quick. Hmm. And, you know, so then I, I invented something to help me with physical therapy, but I didn't know I invented it. Right. You know, my family looked at me and were like, what did you just do? <laughs> and I made this like harness and this thing so I could, wow. you know, get my knees up to a certain height. And, and what wound up happening, you know, is, you know, we started the patent process, but we didn't continue it mm -hmm. um, because I was... 13, I think it's time. And it wasn't something, you know, that was just right at the right time. Sure. Um, and then I went to school and while I was in school, I was constantly helping people in different, like different classes, you know, kind of create new things. Mm -hmm. Again, it was always from a problem solving perspective and design perspective. I graduated with a finance and marketing degree. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, like half uh, right brain and half left brain put yeah. together. So it's like, I'm the inventor, but I'm also the guy that knows how to put the pieces together to make the business. So that's when I figured out when I got out of college um, and I started, you know, inventing things, it, it became, you know, trial and error. I made, you know, several mistakes, but you know, I've, I've been entrepreneur my whole life. Sure. You know, I've constantly been inventing new things. Um, this was the first time that I ever, that I ever raised money and mm -hmm. got investors. You know, um, I always, I always, well, I shouldn't say that. There was one other time that I had a partner, but you know, other than that, and I, I think that, you know, being an entrepreneur to some degree, I think it's overrated. You know, I think that a lot of people aren't ready for it. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, or they're at least not taught to expect failure mm -hmm. first, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's the problem is that 
I think that everybody just looks out from the outside and thinks, oh, wow, they're running their own business. That's great. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. Right. But what they don't really realize is it's one of the most like lonely things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the most challenging things. And sometimes being too early can actually, you know, work against you. Yeah. You know, and it can make things more challenging. And and I think that would be my only thing that I would say is that I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until I was. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was only until someone else called me that. That's cool. You know what I mean? Because I was always, you know, literally either just working from a business perspective or working from a design perspective. And then it just came together naturally. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wh what's something you designed early on that you thought was going to take off that didn't? That didn't. <laughs> so my dog got kidnapped. Oh, Okay. Wow. It was my it was my yellow lab. Her name is Brandy. I actually have a bee tattooed right there for mm -hmm. her. And she got kidnapped. The door, you know, I was living uh, in the beach, and the door got blown open, and dog walked outside, and the woman came, scooped her up, took her. Wow. And so I was like, I was in the next room, you know, I was sleeping, and so I said to myself, I gotta make a system that stops dogs from running away. Mm -hmm. And, and if they do run away, we'll let you know. So I created uh, the first pet containment system, you know, years ago wow. when I was 26. Yeah. Um, and what I didn't know then that I know now, you know, would have changed a lot of things. And so I was too early. Mm -hmm. You know, the company that after I decided to get out of the industry and move into another project, you know, sold for a couple hundred million dollars the next right. year. Right. So, you know, I've had, you know, I've had my fair share of, you know, ups and downs and, and I think timing is important, you know, a lot of the time. And I think preparation and sure. like really solving a problem. And those were just pieces that you just get gain with experience. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that, that I was born with. It was something that I guess, you know, I learned from my family and then learned through school and then learned from, you know, some of these, what I would say, lost opportunities, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, I, I didn't know I created like an early wireless LAN, you know, <laughs> that was back in the DSL days, you know, I mean, like 10 years later, Philips comes out with a light, 10 years, you know, all these sure, different sure, like sure. wireless connected devices. I just made it to so connect it to my dog's collar. So, it, so basically if she ran away, it would send a note to me, a message to my vet, my neighbors, and it didn't go anywhere because I was too early. Pet smart looked at me like I was nuts. I gotta tell you, I'm sleeping better than I have in years. I got a new bed at the beginning of this year from Helix Sleep, and it's made a huge difference. So I'm excited to have them as a sponsor of our show and uh, to share it with you. I know for me, if I don't sleep, life is not right. And uh, having the right mattress makes a big difference. So check out Helix. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes uh, just a couple minutes to complete. You do it online and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. I like to sleep on my side. I like a mattress that's not too firm, not too soft. And it turns out my wife likes the same things. So uh, we got us a new Helix Sleep mattress and uh, we love it. It's, it's working out really nicely. So if you're looking for a mattress, do yourself a favor. Go take the quiz online. Order the mattress that you're matched to. It comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't have to go to a mattress store or none of that nonsense. Go to helixsleep.com slash rebelradio. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a custom mattress that may just give you the best sleep of your life. 
They have a 10-year warranty, and uh, you try it out for 100 nights risk-free, so they'll come pick it up for you if you don't want it, but I'm pretty sure you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash rebelradio. That's helixsleep.com slash rebelradio. Um, it's interesting that, uh, you know, I think, first of all, you, you, are illustrating kind of the, the difference between a good product and a good business, right? And, and, you know, a good business has so much to do with timing. And I think, you know, most people you probably come across are, are late in, in their thinking. Right. And they, you know, that, that like Steve jobs, like people don't know what we want until we show it to them. Right. And you probably suffer from the opposite of just of being too early on stuff. Um, and sometimes I think, I, you know, because you, cause if there's, if, if you think of a solution to a problem, it's easy to assume that people are going to want that solution. Right. With enough test, with enough testing. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and, and I think we've seen in the history of, you know, the recent tech industry, right? It's not, it's not necessarily about the, whether the product is good enough. It's about whether the environment is ready for, for that type of solution. Right. Um, which was something that I, that I was, to be honest, I wasn't completely prepared for, mm. you know, like, meaning like, I didn't know I was so early, mm-hmm. you know, when sure. you think about starting a company in 2012. And I remember I had just uh, I had just uh, parted ways with a good friend of mine, 50 Cent. I was uh, partners with him at SMS Audio. Right. Um, and and everybody thought I was crazy when I said I wanted to create smart headphones that would integrate with your apps, with other devices. <laughs> and, you know, I had uh, I had uh, a friend that was her brother was deaf and and I was constantly trying to think, how can I help him get voice control? Hmm. Because it's a it's a challenge, you know, for this disability, uh, disabled rather. Sorry, and I I was I was tr- like racking my brain, and then I said, I got to put a camera on the headphone, so that way he can sign and it could control either touch, and and what basically what that's when I started music in 2012, and I said that I was going to build the smartphone and headphones. Mm-hmm. I mean. Apple, Apple for sure was my inspiration, right. you know, seeing how, you know, I went from pressing the number two, three times to get a C for a right. message, you know, yeah. so now I've got, you know, this, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do that in the headphone space. Yeah. I never thought it would take, you know, I mean, I've been doing this now almost nine years, you know, to, to get this I sure. mean, and a lot of ups and downs, but you know what, we never gave up yeah. and it was just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm almost taken back that I'm actually talking to you on them. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah, and it's I, cool. It's, it's here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, it's crazy because literally like these were like the first like two and those were big hurdles to connected audio parts and then adding the AI and the apps and the SDK to then make this headphone perform a lot like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't come for money. Everything has been, you know, you know, earned sure. and, um, you know, I have some amazing investors that believed in me early on that maybe, you know, took a big chance, but you know, I'm proud of our team. You know, we somehow pulled it off nice. and, uh, nice. Um, I can't believe it. You, you mentioned, you know, you talked about failure, which is obviously a big part of, of, you know, everything that we're trying to do. Right. Um, 
So I, if I understand, you played college tennis? For a little bit. Okay. Well, even so getting yeah. to that point, right? Like I did. I did. Um, but just it was, yeah. Well, you know, uh, look, I, I, I always believe. I played, tennis, I, played, I played tennis my whole life. And then I decided, you know, uh, when I got, uh, I played a little bit at NC State, mm-hmm. but then I decided to quit because I wanted to focus more on business. And, sure. and You know, I always think of sports as, you know, in some ways a great training ground for business. Um, and in, in my mind, you're just faced with constant failure as, as an athlete coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I wonder how you think that training prepared you for, for your career path? Um, I was, it was for, for massively, I, I, I would say, honestly, because, you know, we were always focused on the rankings. You know, I played number one in high school every year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it was a situation where it was constant, constant um, challenges, you know, trying to challenge the next guy to get his spot. To, you know, going to this tournament instead of that tournament, you know, going around the country and playing. So, I mean, I, I think that losing, I don't like to lose. Sure. I know that. And, and I've always, you know, tried my hardest to win. And, you know, when I've lost, I, I always know that I gave it my best, you know, it's just how I'm programmed. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it just, I think that I kind of think it goes back to your thing on timing too, because I think that, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's like when I was, you know, top in the country or top in the South and, and I'm in, you know, under 18, you know, you have different motivations and different dreams than you do. Sure. I think, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I, I, I try to mentor and advise, you know, um, you know, entrepreneurs as well, you know, when I can, you know, just with the reality of what I've gone through, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it started obviously with sports and then that tough decision of I'm not going to continue playing sports and realizing that I wasn't a pro, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, look, I mean, let's face it. We only really think about the top 10 or 20 in sure. any, you know, sure. space. Yeah. Right. And at least in sports. And, um, I wasn't that. And, uh, you know, so I think right. that timing had a big thing to do with that as well as the failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I learned a lot from it. Yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned, uh, getting into business with 50, um, talk about that a little bit. You were, you were, I actually worked with him on, uh, on street King energy when he was yeah, first launching that, um, that was probably mm-hmm. roughly around the same time. Um, that was 2011. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, what do you, what do you think? So at that time you were, you know, unproven, in, in the sense of, you, you know, you didn't have experience in the headphone business, certainly. Um, what do you think he saw in you that made him, you know, that made that partnership work? I did what, what his previous team couldn't. So basically, 50 had a partner. Um, his partner called me and uh, uh, who had been interested in purchasing one of my previous companies, the pet product that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier and uh, it was the wireless uh, device. And, and basically he said, um, we really need your help. And I was, you know, I was a little intimidated at first, you know, uh, to be honest. And then I decided to take the challenge yeah. and, you know, I, I basically did the work, uh, work with 50, um, 
you know, learned a tremendous amount from him. You know, I, I owe a, a huge debt of gratitude and thanks, you know, to everything that I was able to see, learn, listen, and, you know, mm-hmm. participate in. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, he, I think saw results execution, mm-hmm. you know, he saw a will that I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up what, you know, what a team of 20 people didn't do. I was able to take care of and, you know, that doesn't happen you sure. know, that often. You know, if so, I'd like to hire every one of them, you know. Um, and so it was a situation where I was at the right place at the right time, I guess you would say. Yeah. And the timing was is that he needed someone to help him with design and technology. And I work closely with the great engineers. I'm not an electrical engineer, mm-hmm. but I work with great engineers. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Paris and found the best electrical engineers there. And I started working with them um, because I felt that... Um, that this particular group could, could do something that had, hadn't been done in the space before. And, and so I think it was about the execution that really that's, you know, sold him on it. And, and, uh, very appreciative for that opportunity. So you say you started off intimidated. Um, can you walk me through that conversation you had with yourself when you were thinking that through? Sure. I was, uh, I was in Raleigh here and, and they called me and they asked me to, uh, you know, to come up to New York because uh, they wanted me to, you know, to talk about doing a project. And I just, you know, I had never, I had never, I was an athlete. I never, in, you know, interacted with any celebrities or any mm-hmm. music artists. And just, that wasn't my world. You know, I was, you know, from Raleigh. Um, originally born in Los Angeles, but I went to NC State, played yeah. tennis, you know, for a little bit. Then, you know, I became a businessman, an inventor, if you will. And, and so then they were like, okay, you know, you're going to sit with 50. You guys are going to talk about concepts, designs, this, this, and this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I listen to this guy's music every day, you know? Sure. And I was like, this guy is like, you know, one of the greatest in the world. And, and so it was just, it was just strictly just, I think just the initial, the initial shock factor of going to meet like one of your, you know, you know, iconic artists that you love, mm-hmm. you know, in person and, and then maybe having a potential to work together. And I think that it was just that, but, you know, 50 made it super comfortable. And, you know, after we started, I mean, you know, him. so after we started, you know, working together, it was pretty much automatic. Right. You know, yeah. um, so now I mean, fast forward a little bit. Uh, so now you work with a ton of celebrities, right? You have, you have, if I understand you have Drake, you have Michael Jordan, Kevin Hart, Cardi B as investors in your, in your company, right? Um, Mm -hmm. what do you do to prepare for those conversations? Right. What, what are people at that level of the game looking for? Um, they're looking to change the world and, you know, our select group of investors who I am so appreciative of, I mean, I couldn't be here honestly without, without them. Mm -hmm. And it's because of their support and belief that we could do this. They are people that want to try to leave an impact on this world, a positive one. Um, you know, they're, they're more than a basketball player or more than an artist or more than a comedian, you know, what, sure. you know, like my biggest, you know, a mentor is from afar, if you will, like, you know, like Tony Robbins, Dr. Joe Desponza, like these are people that I've always been huge fans of. And I was always like, you know, listening to their work or listening to their music or watching their act, you know, or watching them play. And, and so when I had the idea to create this connected ecosystem 
of, you know, of devices and experiences and put them together. So I would, you know, I initially self-funded the company and, and then I took the proceeds from my previous business. And, and then from there, I, I started talking to investors. And what was so crazy is that the only people that really understood what I was talking about, about connecting culture and technology, mm-hmm. were the top artists, athletes, and these iconic pacemakers in the world. And so it wasn't ever, you know, the whole uh, star, you know, shock factor that I had, you know, 10, you know, sure, 10 sure, years sure. ago, you know, that's, that's been long gone. Right. You know, these are now, these are entrepreneurs that I'm talking to. These are business guys. These are investors, mm-hmm. you know, you know, these are people that want to, you know, leave a legacy. And that is just when each one I say, I say it's the, it's the same, but different, you mm-hmm. know, cause most of the time, you know, I'm sitting down with them. I'm not really thinking about me. I'm thinking about how we can like one plus one equals, you know, 11. Right. And so I, I don't know. Yeah, that would be my answer. You know, really it said that each one is a little bit unique and different. And, and I always try to find out like, what are the goals of the relationship? Like, what are you trying to specifically do? Mm-hmm. And I mean, listen, I mean, you know, being a startup to creating, going from this to this is it's quite, a, you know, quite a big leap. And it was, sure. I couldn't have done it without them, yeah. you know? So these, you know, these people, you know, they, they worked with me in the lab. They said, Hey, we got to tune it this way, or you got to name it this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went on tour with some, you know, I went to their shows, they demoed them. They were in the studio and in the lab, they were tuning them. I mean, literally this has been a, a uh, labor of love, if you will, sure. you know, of the top, you know, of really the top people in tech and culture coming together, which has always been this kind of weird divide. If you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. you always have the tech people and then you have the culture people, but there isn't that, that, that common ground that can like bring them together to make a product that culture wants, if you will. This is a product that, in my opinion, that's a lot like this, you know, from the perspective sure. of you, you can personalize your experiences. So the way you use it might be different than me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you'll have, you'll use some apps, maybe you just take pictures and video, maybe you're streaming to, you know, to Twitch or TikTok or Twitter, you know? Um, so to me, I, I think that, um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see where the entire space goes. And I think that a lot of that will, will be dictated by both the people that you're talking about and their, how they use it, what, how they want to like let share their POV mm-hmm. with the world. You know, mm-hmm. when they're walking out, like Melo's walking down the basketball court, now his fans can see through his eyes, right? you know, or when you got, yeah. you know, Travis Barker, one of these guys, you know, quest like drumming. I mean, like it's, it's going to give people something that they have been wanting which is like to walk in the shoes of their favorite, you know, icons. Like mm-hmm. I was with Run DMC back in the mm-hmm. day. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So going back to, you say you launched in 2012, um, you know, at that time beats was really controlling the game as far as we, as far as I can tell from, you know, from the outside. And it's interesting. You talk about headphones, right? I think, um, headphones are kind of the intersection of technology and culture, right and fashion um in in part due to beats right if those of us who remember before beats like headphones were a a a utility it was strictly you know a piece of equipment right and and uh you know beats had a a big role in turning that into fashion and culture and kind of set in the bar right they created it right so absolutely so talk about that you know when you're when you're setting up the company at that time 
and you and you've got this sort of massive competitor and you know um how do you what's the approach how do you think about a strategy to go and compete with them or to build your own thing in that environment well to start i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for what beats jimmy and jay did sure um you know they created as you said the you know the, the, they created the space you know where where tech and culture came together i just i just looked at it a little bit differently and and i thought that the headphone could be something that had a more technology inside of it so i wouldn't have to look down as much at my phone right. and i could just keep my head up i mean yeah. it was pretty simple you know i mean in my mind at least it was it was simple from the perspective of the problem i'm solving you know, I almost got hit by a car, a taxi in New York is what mm -hmm. happened, you mm -hmm. know, because I was walking, texting like everybody does. And and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, you know, why am I doing this? You know, and why can't these apps be up in here, you know, uh, you know, up in the headphone? Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, so it was intimidating a little bit when I started because um, initially I heard a bunch of no's because everybody said what you said. They said, oh, Beats has the whole market. And I was like, sure. I know that. And, and I said, but we're not building headphones. I said, we're building a new category called smartware. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, what's that? And I said, well, you know, you have, you know, your smartphone, right? And, and I said, well, now you're going to have smart headphones. And I said, and they're going to integrate and work together. And now you're going to have these new experiences. And people, they doubted me for a while, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that they still do, but you know, or maybe some don't, who knows, but you know, we, it was one of those things that I never really looked at beats as a competition because mm -hmm. I always looked at them as the clear, they won, they're the big company. They're selling billions of dollars of headphones. What I was really doing is I built this to get to this, right. this to get to that. And, and, and really it's a lot like, you know, this guy, you know, to this. Mm -hmm. And this was amazing, massively successful, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple was always one of my, you know, inspirations to everything, you know, sure. from design and, and just the way that things just are just really beautiful, elegantly done. And I, I thought of Beats as, as a culture company. Mm -hmm. And I thought of, of really taking like the DNA of Apple and embedding it in Beats. And that's really what, you know, came together if you will mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so so we're we're you're nine years in um well eight, eight and a half but okay. you know i rounded up sure fair enough um what's the uh what's my question talk to me about sustaining the the energy um, cause, cause you know, to, for con right. Like starting things is hard, but it's also exciting. Like you see the progress every day that you make. And I think, you know, I've been through it myself, you know, eight, nine years in the progress is sometimes a lot more subtle or it's a lot more fewer and farther between, even though it might be bigger. Um, so how do you sustain it? Well, innovation, I can, I can tell you that it wasn't easy, but it was, it was showing true progress. Mm -hmm. It was literally showing, you know, the stair step to, you know, up there is, the, you know, is where we got to get, mm -hmm. we got to get to, but you have to start down here. And so we would constantly show, you know, we won um, five 
Innovation Awards at CES. So every year we won. Yeah. Um, we were receiving patents, you know, pretty regularly. I think we have 137 right now. Crazy. And I know it's, I mean, but when you start, you know, in 2012 yeah. and there's no one doing it, it's like a different situation, you know? Sure. And, and so it was sustaining, it was a challenge, you know, but it was, it was constant updates. It was working closely with my partners and it was, it was getting great people around us, around us and around me. You know, I, I certainly don't think that I'm, you know, perfect by any means, but I try to surround myself with the smartest people that I possibly can. And I think, uh, I think that that's one of the things that, that we were able to do to sustain it was getting the right mix of tech and culture, mm -hmm. partners, investors, and advisors to come together because they all understand this is something that's inevitable. You know, but normally this would be a, an undertaking done by, you know, a multi-billion dollar entity, right. you know, not necessarily by a startup, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because making hardware is hard, you know, hardware, software, SDK, sure. applications, you know, firmware. I mean, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a, you know, a giant, uh, a giant challenge. And then doing that on a budget right. is, a, is another challenge, you know? Sure. Sure. So it was, it was, uh. You know, we did five rounds of, of funding. And mm -hmm. like I said, well, actually we did th uh, three convertible notes and then we did two price rounds. We did series A, series B. Mm -hmm. And my series B was led by Francois Henri Pino and from Caring, he owns Caring Group, Group A Artemis. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for, you know, their vision of seeing our vision, then this wouldn't be here either. You know what I mean? And so, so Tell me so about that a little bit. What, what obviously, so, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, they own Gucci, Saint Laurent, some of the, some of the best brands in the world. Um, Balenciaga, I think. Right. Um, wh what do you learn from him and from, from them? A lot of things. Um, you know, they, uh, they're on our, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they sit on the board with me. And so they're constantly helping, mm -hmm. um, you know, where they're always available, um, whether it's advice, uh, operationally, whether it's advice financially, um, um, we, it's been, it's been a constant learning lesson. Mm -hmm. I would, I, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, cause, cause the man I am today and the product we have today is not the same, it's the same man, but it's, you know, a lot of things have gone into making this product, you sure. know, and there's been a lot of, you know, I remember when they changed the Bluetooth protocol and Qualcomm bot came, you know, CSR. And I remember then when I had to change the entire computer system inside, because all of a sudden now, you know, there's all these new components and new AIs that, you know, that are out there and they have to connect this way. And, and so I, I, I learned, I learned that communication is really important. You know, because when you communicate with your partners and and you let them understand, you know, what you're doing, I think that you can get a lot of support. And, you know, that's why we've built the team that we have, honestly, is because, you know, they're visionaries and we've been really, you know, good at proving our vision. You know what I mean? Like, you know, from showing baby steps to bigger steps to bigger steps. And sure, I would have liked it to have been, you know, sooner. But the one thing is, is when I look back on it, if it had been four years ago, well, that was before TikTok, you know, right. that was before Triller. That was before, you know, that was when Snap, you know, despite has got their offer, you know, it was mm -hmm. like things were so different. And, and then so now to have the product 
now coming out of the pandemic, where now people are going to be able to share, you know, their experiences, what they see to any platform seems like the right timing. So I don't know if that was a higher power that had me, you know, or what, you know, but it's, I, I find it, I find it sometimes fascinating when I start thinking about, you know, the, the massive, like, you know, pits and valleys, you know, ups and downs that we've had um, to get here. But, you know, but then when I talk to other, you know, designers or engineers at other companies, they're like, we go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we just do it faster and more of them, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so I think R and D is always, you know, you know, is a challenge. And I think that, you know, I look forward to the day when I can work with a bigger team to get, you know, more things, you know, done in a, I guess, a more condensed amount of time. Yeah. But I'm really proud of what our team has been able to achieve because it really is, I don't want to call it a miracle, but it's, it's unbelievable that, you know, that we were able to take, to do this and be the first, you know, of its kind. Yeah. So you, you've talked about a lot of like growth along the way, right? From being intimidated by a big celebrity to now that's part of daily life from, you know, building stuff too early to now having a team around you that can, can check you on that. Right. You know, I think, you know, the guy who can single-handedly do the work of a team of 20 is not always the guy who's great, a great captain of a ship that can let other people right. do their thing. Right. So where are you at now? What do you, what do you struggle with or what are you kind of learning and growing now as a, as a leader, as a CEO? Well, I'm doing, I'd say, less operations and less micromanaging, although my team probably would disagree. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, at least I'm trying to. Sure. And I, I've, I've seen this space for so long, so clearly. It's, you know, it's like when you see something from far away and then as you start walking towards it, you start seeing it clearer and more clearer and then clearer. That's kind of what's happened here. And so what I've tried to do is try to focus on doing the things that I've learned that I'm good at and not do the things that I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to collaborate. And so like, for me, it's always been like from I to we, because I know I'm not good at most things. I mean, call it 80% of things, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but the things that I'm good at, you know, I put a lot of time, effort, and I feel that you know, I was able to build a great team. So I think that, you know, one of the things that I did is I, I put everything on my back at the beginning because I had to financially. Sure. And I mean, that was from carving the product out of clay to then drawing it to then getting industrial engineer to, you know, put in the solid works to then making 3D printed parts. You know, actually, I take that back. We were casting parts mm. back in the day because it was so long ago before 3D printers. Right, right. right. It was, uh, yeah. we had a company called Forecast that was doing it. And I remember, you know, just one part, like one part like this would be 5,000. Okay. Now you can print that for $5. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So it's, a, it's it, you know, it goes back to that timing thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where the thing is that we were trying is like, we almost bit off more than we could chew, you know, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. And so... Now that's what I'm focused on is not doing that. Meaning mm -hmm. like the things that I do, I know I can do, we get it done. That's why we're on the phone talking, you know, and, and then I let all the other experts do what they do. Yeah. And then I have an amazing, an amazing co-captain. Uh, uh, Sarah Herring is, is my COO. And so she essentially runs operations of the company. I couldn't do it without her. Actually, she worked to like a week before her pregnancy. Mm. It was unbelievable. And then, or no, she worked to the day before pregnancy. And then after that, only like a week and a half 
later went back you know and she was still working the whole time i mean i i couldn't do it without mm -hmm. her you know so i think i would just say that you know backing off on the things that i'm not an expert in yeah. was something that i learned over time yeah that's great and and, and that's uh that's hard right and it's hard when you've done it yourself and you and you have learned to rely on yourself it's so hard it's so hard especially it, it's just it's so it's so hard you know and you know, when you put everything into it, when you, you know, you, you put your name on the line, you know, you, you get all of these investors, you know, you, you've, you've put so many hours, blood, sweat, and tears, everything, you know, that you have into it, you know what I mean? And yeah. th then you, then you have to believe that the people that, that you choose and trust, you know, you know, have that same feeling yeah. and will do anything, you know, to get this thing done. If you're enjoying this one, let's stick with the theme of music uh, technology entrepreneurs. A few years ago, I had A.J. Burton Shaw, the founder of Serato. If you don't know, Serato is the standard for DJ software. It's the reason why thousands of DJs, millions of DJs are traveling around the world without carrying their music crates, nothing more than a laptop. Um, and uh, he's made all that possible. And we talk about... Uh, how he's built that incredible brand and where he's taken that more in a consumer direction. It's a really fun episode if you want to go back into the archives and check that one out after you finish up here with Jason Hardy, of course. Um, so let's talk about what's coming up this year. I know you got the Vision headset is the is the new one. Um, what's what's this year looking like and what are you what are you most excited about? um it's gonna be an exciting year you know we uh we're gonna be launching music vision our our partners meaning our investors are going to then create creating new type of content mm. uh with all of these great platforms that are out there um like allowing people to feel closer together mm -hmm. and so we're gonna launch uh we're gonna launch uh this year um, the exact date um, we haven't honed in on yet, but um, you know we're producing them, and and so I'm just excited to get out of the house, and I'm excited I'm for sure. people to 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 come together. You know, I think you know there's no red and blue anymore, and I, I hope and I hope it turns purple when you put them together like it's supposed to. You mm -hmm. know, and I think that if we want, you know a product like this that allows people to collaborate, like to me. We'll give the SDK um, so that every app could benefit from that camera, so that now they can automatically tap into the device. I mean, yeah. why shouldn't you be able to order a coffee by looking at a sign, you know, or an Uber by looking at a sign? You know, these are the kind of things that are, are helping disabled. You know, by so you know, cool. I had four eye surgeries in the last two and a half years. I tore my retina, and running a business with a torn retina and four surgeries that that was a challenge. So now that this camera it means something different to me now that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm having problems with my eyes mm -hmm. because now I realize like how, well, the whole pandemic has showed us all how short and precious life is. Yeah. And, and then, you know, having now a device that if I did, you know, lose my sight could help me, you know, is something that I think is uh, pretty exciting. So we're, we're, we have a bunch of partnerships that we'll be announcing, you know, I probably have alluded a little bit to what they are, sure. you know, between different platforms and partners and, manufacturing um 
I'm just excited to see the cool stuff that developers make with the device. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see, you know, the way it's used with the content creators. Uh, I'm excited to see really what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes across the world. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, one of my mentors does a whole bunch of different amazing philanthropy. And I think that being able, being able to like share that empathy and awareness of maybe the bad things that are going on around the world, sure. you know, might stop those, you know, whether it's, you know, things with children or things with animals or, you know, poverty and the way that different countries live. I think that a device like this isn't the headphone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a gateway to, you know, opening up a whole new series of experiences just, you know, like this, yeah. you know, um, you know, I don't, I'm not suggesting by any means that, that you're not going to have your smartphone. I'm just saying that there's additional things that can be had by having connected eyes and ears. You know what I mean? Like, you know, looking at something and saying, what's that? You know, I think that that, you know, or buy that, you know, or stream live or share this to mom, you know, I think are things that a lot of people would appreciate. Yeah. And so coming out of the pandemic, which I, you know, hope everything gets, you know, squared away soon. <laughs> you know, I think that I think a device like ours, it could be exciting. I can't say exactly, you know, what I'm most excited about, because I think that I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it yet. Meaning like, sure. it'll probably be how people partner with us to create that. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's it's not too hard to remember a time when, you know, a phone in your pocket was a fantasy, um, you know, or, or and certainly nobody would have guessed the impact of, you know, a billion plus cameras roaming the earth at all times. Right. On, on what that has on, you know, to your point on just opening us up so far, it maybe hasn't manifested in empathy, although to some extent it has, for some people it has, but I think, you know, we are, we're more aware of our surroundings and, and what's going on in the world around us than we ha ever have been. And so much of that is due to just the, you know, photography is, is literally everywhere. Um, you know, well, I, ha I had to go buy a roll of 36 and, and, you know, choose my photos wisely. You know, I remember the first time I went to Europe and you're like, Oh, is, is that worth, you know, one of my pictures, right? Cause I only have so many. Exactly. And the Polaroid, all of that. Yeah. We don't have that it's anymore. Crazy. Right. So, um, so I think, you know, it certainly makes sense that in two, three, four, five, ten 10 years from now, you know, the world has changed, you know, again, as much in ways that we can't even imagine yet. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, like, I mean, like what, what these phones have with the cameras is, is unbelievable, sure. you know? And I, I just think that there's some times that you want to hold something mm -hmm. and there's some times that you wouldn't, you know, like, I mean, we, we saw during the riots, you know, these, you know, holding the phones up, you know, whatever kind it is, isn't necessarily, you know, hasn't been the safest thing. Right. And, you know, I just, I think that, you know, my mom never could go to my tennis matches. So my dad was always go, mm. but if my father had had these on, mm -hmm. she could have just turned the TV on and watched as if she was there, it would have changed everything. Crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like sure. the little things like that, that I, that I'm excited to see kind of how things like evolve into, like you said, like we probably have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it's going to be exciting though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see, see where it goes next. Um, I got to do a quick lightning round before I let you go. All right. Uh, what's your favorite city to travel to? Favorite city to travel to. 
I would say Paris. Mine too. Who's your favorite DJ? My favorite DJ. I have a lot of them. Um, a lot of friends that are DJs. Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. DJ Chucky. Okay. Uh, what's the last great book you read? Last great book I read. Um, well, I haven't read, I haven't read a book in quite some time since my eye surgery. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm still getting used to these glasses. You know, it's sure it's crazy. Um, so I would say last great book I read was definitely, it was a book by Tony, Tony Robbins. Um, I just don't, um, I've read so many of his. I don't know exactly which one, yeah. uh, which one was last, but uh, it was definitely one of Tony's books. Yeah, I've read a lot of Tony's stuff. is It's it's amazing. It always seems to hit at the right time. Yeah, that's for right. Sure. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Friday. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> no, I'm just um, the movie I've seen the most in my life. I mean, I've seen that movie a bunch though, um, but I would say. Um, I think I I watched it again. Uh, Coming to America, I probably would say I've watched the most. You know, like the most. I'm, I'm I like comedy. I like action. Yeah. You know, I like uh, I like both. You know, I was gonna say I like Taken a lot. Mm. You know, that was uh, that That's was great. a pretty intense movie. Um, you know the 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 what was it called the the social. Um, I watched that last a couple a couple months ago. Social Network. No, not the the other one. Um, the the most recent one. And um, hmm, I can't remember. But anyways, it was interesting. Now, cool. It was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Name someone you haven't met who has taught you the most. I would say Elon Musk. That's big. But I did meet him. I did meet him, but it was a very brief meeting. Okay. Like, you know, conversation. But I would say. We'll let you that, have that uh, one. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. All right. Um, and last one, if I worked for you. So, and, and, yep. Oh, no, go for it. I was just going to say, you know, like I've always been, I've always been a fan of, like risk taker. So obviously the Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. you know, I would say is definitely one of, you know, the greatest minds in the world, obviously. And so I would, I would say it was really between Steve Jobs and Elon, obviously Steve's not here. Um, I never, you know, when I went to Apple for the first time, it was, um, it was after he had passed mm -hmm. and it was, it was kind of surreal, mm -hmm. you know, and people were still mourning and everything. And, but uh, no, I never, I never met him. So he would be somebody I would say was the mentor from afar and, you know, Elon. Nice. Um, so yeah, last one, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? <laughs> if you, uh, uh, what do I say over and over? That it has to be right. It has to be right. It has to, it has it has to do what it's supposed to do and it has to do it easy and beautifully like everything is about the product 
That's the thing. It's not about the celebs. It's not about the investors. It's not about the partners. It's really about the product. Mm. And it's about, because this product has to be amazing, has to be beautiful, you know, because, you know, we want everybody to, to, you know, wear it. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of hard work went into creating it. And so I would think, I, I think that that's the thing that you hear the most is constantly. And that's why, you know, maybe some people would say I'm micromanaging a little bit, you know, because it's, you know, every angle counts, you know, like, I don't even know if you've seen this, but like, you know, you know, we came a long way. That's so from, cool. You know, a long way from, um, from this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I had to build this to get to this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and now, I mean, I mean, this device, you know, with the articulation, with the folding, the magnetic cushions, it's got mics inside, outside, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. And, and, and I love that you emphasize that, you know, you don't get there without the steps along the way and the products that, you know, might be great for their time, but are, are imperfect. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's such an important piece that we miss. Right. You talk about, you know, people are, uh, are enamored of entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, it is that willingness to just, make stuff and keep going and have it not be right all the time. You have to have like tunnel vision, honestly, like on a vision, which is what I, you know, what me and my, you know, our team and our investors have had, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's always noise. There's always that. And, and, and it's, it really is having that relentless drive to not give up because honestly, you know, we've had, I mean, like every startup does, I mean, every startup probably almost dies before, you know, you know, before they come, you know, resurrected from the ashes, you know, sure. and then to, you know, become, you know, a category, you know, industry change, you know, like, cause the evolution, like you said, like things change every period of time, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I remember this and I couldn't wait to get this one because I had the big phone, you right, know, right, right. And yeah. remember, you remember, you remember those, yeah, uh, the big one yep. and then it got smaller and smaller. And then I remember, wow, this is amazing. Well, you know, it was amazing. You know what I mean? And, and then, yeah. And then that came out. So, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And, and, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Dope, man. Well, I can't wait to see. We'll yeah. definitely, definitely be looking forward. <laughs> Absolutely. My, and thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Jason, for your time today. really appreciate, uh, all the stories and the wisdom. Um, thank you. Man. I, I don't know about that, but you know, definitely some stories. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I really I appreciate you. Right on. Yeah, that was Jason Hardy on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Let us know what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you like. We're at Rebel Radio Net. We have videos of a lot of our episodes on our YouTube channel. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.